Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. On Tuesday the 28th of August at 1pm, Dave and I did a Facebook Live event and this is the audio from that. Hope you enjoy it. Where am I looking? To be uh, looking in the right place. I should look there. Yes, right. Yes, okay. so that's where yes, the camera okay. is. Yeah, right. so this is purely for my reference. Right, only. okay. That's good. Yes. Um, so that's Dave. Hello. Um, I'm James. Uh, and We um, are Sitcom Geeks. We are Sitcom Geeks indeed. And uh, we've got a few things uh, that we'll be uh, talking about in, in the next hour or so. We're going to catch up. It's a uh, welcome to um, the autumn. We've got a lot of uh, interesting things coming up. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, there's a new series of Newsjack uh, on uh, Radio 4 Extra. So mm. a little chat about that. Um, we'll be talking about audience sitcom as well. And uh, comedy, comedy drama. Comedy drama. Mm. And we've already had a few questions from our Patreon members. So thank you very much for those. And if you are uh, a Patreon person, welcome. If you're not, uh, check us out, Patreon slash Sitcom Geeks, and find out more about us. So we shall, uh, shall we start talking about uh, Newsjack then? Yes. Uh, well, actually, tell you what, why don't we start yeah. with, a, with our obituary? We could start with um, oh, with Neil, Neil Simon, Simon, of course. Because you posted uh, a thing up. Yes, the great um, uh, the great Neil Simon, one of the greatest uh, writers of uh, the last... 50, 60 years. Absolutely. Um, and uh, a brilliant uh, playwright, um, movie screenplay writer, but of course uh, started out as a, a comedy writer, starting out uh, writing gags on the uh, Sid Caesar, yeah. your show of shows. Yeah. So that was uh, the writing room of uh, Neil Simon, mm-hmm. uh, Mel Brooks. Wow. And then I think maybe Woody Allen came in a bit later, but yeah. Carl Reiner was there. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Neil's uh, brother, uh, who's I was just about to say Paul Simon. No, no, that's Paul, a very uh, different vintage, uh, isn't yes, it? Yes. Uh, uh, suddenly his name has escaped me, but yeah. uh, that's bad because he was also a brilliant writer. Yeah. But uh, and and there's a uh, I saw a play with Gene Wilder as Sid Caesar uh, called Laughter on the Twenty Third Floor, which was a, a, about that writing for that oh, show. Oh wow, that sounds good. So uh, he cut his teeth on uh, one hell of a show there. Mm. Um, and uh, but um, he is the um, you know he, he was the absolute master of comedy comedy writing comedy drama which we'll be talking about later mm. uh, and the, the particular uh, line which I haven't um, brought up here but basically it's from uh, the Odd Couple um, which was uh, started out as a play a Broadway yeah. play with uh, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau that became a fantastic movie mm. and then became a, a sitcom yeah um, and uh, in the play in 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 the show uh, Jack Lemon plays a sort of a neurotic recently divorced yeah. man and he moves in with his slobby flatmate yeah. uh, Walter, Walter Matthau and that is basically it really mm. isn't it but there's just uh, I put up a little exchange on, on Twitter that from that play which I'd sort of vaguely remembered and then picked up the quote which is uh the uh, Walter Matter has got his poker mates coming round to play, and yeah. he says, uh, "Can you take that?" Uh, and and, and um, Jack Lemon's made this. Uh, uh, Felix has made this lovely meal for him, spaghetti meal, yeah. uh, and uh, and Oscar says, "Take that spaghetti off the table." And Felix does a little <laughs> supercilious laugh. What are you laughing about? <laughs> it's it's not spaghetti. It's linguine. <laughs> uh, and then. Um, Felix grabs it and throws it against the wall and says, uh, no, it's not, it's garbage. <laughs> so it's great. It's a tiny little exchange yeah. and you get the essence of both yeah. the characters in that in that tiny little exchange. There was one, the, my favourite line is when um, mm. is when they're trying to give this guy pills. And he says, uh, you've given all these pills, he's probably the healthiest man here. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Is, uh, I can't yeah. remember the exact yeah. context, but it is amazing. Yeah. And then a, a sitcom comes as a result of it as well, doesn't it? Which yeah. is... But uh, so many brilliant uh, plays that he wrote became movies: The Apartment, uh, Sunshine Boys, and uh, just just uh, you know to, just a brilliant brilliant writer. Biloxi Blues was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, but also yeah. So um, Henrik, a Patreon subscriber, asked us about that little crossover between sitcom and theatre, and you know, is that even still a thing really anymore? Yeah. And it, it's, I would say. It isn't, but it should be. I'm kind of a bit worried. Um, so when, you know, there's still lots of 
people wanting audience sitcoms, as we'll talk about in a little while. Mm. Um, and where are they? What's gone wrong? Mm. I think one of the big problems is the end of rep theatre. Um, and the and so now theatres um, are you know doing all the classics and they're mm. doing... Um, and then the new writing tends to be not particularly comic. Well, it tends to be much more idea-based, much more experimental, as opposed to Esmond and Larby, who sort of knocked yeah. out a play that was a, effectively became ever decreasing circles. Yeah. And the Banana Box um, by um, oh, Eric, Eric Chappell becomes yeah. Rising Damp. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that that's actually changing now, and. Uh, uh, it, 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 Again, the same. We'll be talking about this in comedy drama. Yeah. But uh, we tried to go and see a play, uh, my wife and I, by uh, our good friend Danny Robbins. Yeah. Uh, it's a show called The End of the Pier, which had Les Dennis as a sort of washed up comedian. Uh, yes. Uh, a part that he played brilliantly. Yeah. Apparently. We couldn't get tickets. It was sold out at our local theatre. Um, so instead, we went to see a show that was in the smaller theatre yeah. that night, uh, which was a which was a very promising, very funny little. Uh, uh, drama about a couple of young couples and right. and, and it, it it wasn't it, it was sort of like what someone who was writing abigail's party would oh, okay. now be writing yeah, yeah. Uh, in the 21st century and it had, just had a lot of very inter- yeah. it brought up a lot of very interesting mm. issues mm. Uh, uh, mixed faith relationships yeah, yeah. and things um but was a middle class comedy as well and i had lots of very funny jokes yeah. so um and of course declan hill has just uh, commented Fleabag right which started life as yeah. uh, a show uh, a, a, a stage play, show exactly a play, yes and Cor- became... correctly uh, c- correct reference there. yes totally yeah. uh, Chewing Gum as well by uh, Michaela Cole that started okay. out as a, as a play but it's um, interesting, isn't it, that these plays are now becoming uh, yeah. single camera shows. That's right, and not studio think, shows. And, well, Mrs. Brown, I guess as well. Yeah. Uh, we yes, Declan also says chewing gum, very good. Yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Brown's Boys was a live stage show yeah. as well. So yeah. it's just possible that I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I think what happened in the eighties was that fringe theatre just became impossible to do and too expensive, and, right. and stand up comedy came along and was cheap. And so uh, for live comedy, you basically went to see one person talking with a microphone and I think what's what's gradually been happening in the last sort of five ten years is that a lot of people coming through a lot of uh people coming through probably from from uh, ethnic communities yeah. as well yeah uh, so there's a lot of new young writing about the sort of the the immigrant experience yeah. or the second third generation um and there's just about enough subsidy in fringe theatre to get these shows up and running and uh and so you have breakout shows mm. like uh chewing gum yeah. and um and now you've got people like Danny Robbins, who like like James and yeah. I have uh, attempted to make a living out of uh, writing audience <laughs> sitcom, and failed. Da- Danny took his sitcom that he wrote with Lenny Henry, um, Rudy's Rare Records, Rudy's Rare Records, mm. uh, and turned that into a play at the Hackney Empire, which was great. I really enjoyed that. And now he's done this new play with uh, Les Dennis, and I don't know. It's, it was a very successful play. It may get a West End run mm. or. Um, he may be looking to turn it into a, a, a sitcom. I don't yeah. know. I haven't really talked to him about that, but that's definitely, that's happening now. And that's, it, it's kind of what, what I remember growing up with mm. as a child. I've watched shows like Steptoe and yeah. Porridge. These were shows that had like um, little, little stories. Um, and also the writers that I loved in the seventies, I used to go and see plays by Alan Plater, uh, Willie Russell, Colin Welland and these mm. were all people who wrote sitcoms on telly or comedy yeah. shows on telly and nobody said oh you can't be a sitcom writer you're you write plays you know yeah. you're not allowed to be that so yeah, yeah. so hopefully these things go around in cycles yeah, you no, know, maybe that's true. that's part of what will happen yeah um and also I mean previously there weren't as many places where you could get experience for writing sitcom type things Whereas now you can make your own stuff on YouTube. There's now yep. loads more channels. There's loads more media generally. So um, so actually, it's just much more of a mixed economy, I suppose, in that sense. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, thanks for that one, uh, yeah. Henrik. Um, and thank you, Declan. Thank you, Declan, too. Um, Newsjack. Newsjack is coming, coming News back. Newsjack is coming back and uh, very soon. Yes, and we've spoken to a number of people who subscribe uh, to our show or listen to the show mm. who are very grateful especially for your work in terms of getting people 
uh, up to speed on News Jack. Yeah, yeah. Well, you recently did a bit of a dry run on this, didn't you? I did, and I'm going to start this again because the new series of News Jack uh, is the first episode is on Thursday, the 13th of September. So that means if you want to start writing for uh, this series of News Jack, you will need to start writing on, on Friday, the 7th of September. Mm. So from this Friday, the, the 31st of August, I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, be running a daily blog, yeah. um, which will tell you kind of what you need to do. Yeah. And that's actually the first, the first hint of why so many people end up not succeeding in writing the whole time for Newsjack is that unfortunately the first, the bad news is the bulk of what you're writing has to be done over the weekend. So if you've got a job during the week or if you're trying to get a job during the week and uh, the weekend is uh, one of the few uh, times that you have to yourself uh, I'm afraid that if you really want to write for Newsjack you have to knock that on the head mm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday are, are well Saturday and Sunday in particular are the, are the sort of crucial writing days for that but I'll be running that blog from the f- Friday and thank you Paul Lamb for saying Newsjack mm. blog great idea much appreciated mm. um, and you'll get a sense then of what you have to do on each of those days. Don't forget episodes uh, 69 and 70 of Sitcom Geeks. Could you just call them just like that off your head? That's amazing. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I've got a kind of brilliant... Yeah. Don't ask me any other. Okay. Uh, they have... We interviewed the producer of Newsjack and the uh, presenter and yeah. some of the writers. Yeah. Uh, Laura over, and Mike. That's right. Mm. And um, uh, that's... Um, there's lots of really helpful, useful information yeah. there. There's the there's the mountain of uh, information on the BBC News Jack page, how to write for the show. But I'm going to hopefully give you something that's a sort of day by day, really gets you sort of stuck into it. So um, as I say, that's going to be from Friday the 30th of August. That'll either be uh, linking to our Patreon uh, page. <coughs> Excuse me, or uh, onto my website, davecohen.org.uk. Um, Paul Lamb says, I always lose heart when my brilliant one-liners or sketches don't get on. Never give up. Yeah. Fair enough. Perseverance yes. is key, and actually one of the yeah. one of the little sneaky tips which comes across on those podcasts, um, which yeah. I do recommend you go and listen to if you've not heard them, is how... Um, lots of people trying to write for week one and week two, and it falls off quite quickly. And actually, week five is is the week yeah. to really go. So if 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 time is limited for you and you can only do four weekends, I would suggest listening to weeks one and two, and then writing for one, weeks three, three four, four, five, yeah, and six. That's not a bad idea. Rather than going one, two, three, four, because <coughs> um, also each new series has a bit of a life of its own, doesn't it? Yeah. In terms of you know, it just sort of establishes a few new format yeah, points. I, and I think kind of... they've got a new presenter. I'm not sure. Okay. It might still be Angela Barnes for the series, but they're definitely looking for new new uh, presenters. Um, Paul mentioned, just, just to go to that question about losing heart when you your stuff doesn't get on, we've got a question from um, Christian Corley, which is a, much, it's a general question, but it's certainly very applicable to Newsjack. What is the best way to handle rejection slash dawning realisation that you're wasting your time. Um, as far as news jack is wow. concerned, <laughs> yes. We'll, a, we'll there, with a, it? Specifically with regard to news jack, I would say um, it's uh, rejection is such uh, an integral part of that. Even if you're a commissioned writer on the show and you're commissioned to write five minutes mm. a week, you're going to write a load of stuff that isn't going to be used um so i would um look on this not as uh an exercise in trying to get something on newsjack uh principally although obviously that'd be fantastic if that happens but as an exercise yeah. in teaching yourself how to be a professional writer which is what that really means is getting up in the morning uh, looking at a blank page and thinking, I've got to write something here. Mm. And now when it's your own projects, it's very hard to motivate yourself. But this is someone else's project. You have to get up on Saturday morning and write that sketch and rewrite it on Sunday and find out it's not used the next week. Uh, listen to the show on Thursday, be disappointed. But then on Friday, you've got to start looking for stories again. And on Saturday, you've got that blank screen again. So you, you, you've got this six-week cycle, which is pretty much what our lives are like, yeah. really. 
That's what yeah. the last 30 odd years yeah. has been for, for, yeah. for James and I. Yeah. Uh, you get up, you know that if you don't write something, then uh, you're not going to earn any money. And um, so that yeah. that fear kind of pushes you. Yeah. But having this very specific deadline is uh, is great. Um, and we've got somebody who's mentioned which we need Lisa to, Richardson uh, says yeah. conversely it's really nice to hear stuff get on Newsjack by my mates and acts I've booked because it says well, see yeah. more yeah. because it means good people are getting chances and proves that perseverance is worthwhile thank you Lisa very That's good, good point it's a good pep yeah. talk there yeah. but yeah so rejection is normal but also celebrate the celebrate the wins yeah um spend all that money you make from that gag <laughs> on giving yourself a nice time a nice cup um, of coffee yes maybe. exactly and yeah. a bun have a bun yeah um well that's two jokes second joke you've got one yes. joke yes coffee. that's right yeah 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 but um but yeah so i think i mean it's a good it's a good wider question about your how when to stop i yeah. think in a way obviously you know, people, the very fashionable definition of madness is doing the same thing every time yeah. and expecting a different mm-hmm. result. Mm-hmm. So it may be that you've been you've been trying to get stuff on for series and series and series and series and literally nothing's got on and you've not even got acknowledgement or any encouragement from the mm-hmm. producer or and the showrunner or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. So if, if that is you, then you might want to, if you still enjoy doing it, then still do it. You know, it's, yeah. it's and also it's a format that doesn't suit everybody. Um, so it's so do bear that in mind, but equally don't give up too soon. So yeah. it is such a good way. It is such a brilliant way into um, the uh, the way of sort of being a non-performing comedy writer that I would say you would you would close the door on it too soon at your peril. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, Christian's got a more specific question actually about about recent series. Uh, he said, speaking to other writers, I notice I'm not alone in spotting uh, focus on cheap shots on Trump, Brexit, Bojo, etc., dominating topical shows. How can writers hope to get ga- gags or sketches on News Jack? Uh, cont- how can writers hoping to get this uh, contend with uh, that they? The, those writers when there's a termination policy to let these topics dominate uh, despite potentially alienating 50% of the audience uh, oh, wow. in that's, the that's, case of Brexit that may also be true yes yeah. in fact no um, 52% of the audience let's just be quite <laughs> clear it's gone down that. actually yeah, no it really has point uh, uh, or something like that yes have another have another refer- then the referendum the result will be right. the same yeah. um, the the thing to have the thing to bear in mind uh, on that is that firstly they're only going to do one Trump sketch and they're only going to do one Boris Johnson sketch and they're only going to do one Brexit sketch. So that me and there's probably going to be, they're going to, they're going to read through 18 sketches. They're going to record 15 of those and they're going to broadcast 12 of them. Yeah. So you want to be getting stuff. So, so there's, so most of the show will not be those main topics. So you want to, uh, so if you can avoid them, great. The alternative is also to just think of a really good angle on those topics. Just mm. sort of saying, isn't it funny that we're leaving the European Union and these idiots don't know what they're doing? So, well, yes, but that's not that's not enough. Mm. You need to work out a way of bringing a really fresh angle that is particularly relevant now in a way that it wasn't relevant maybe last week or in the last series. I, I do talk about this in the blogs about the uh, there you go. about which which uh, subjects to go for, but I, I, I do also take your point. Um, by the way, thank you, Declan Hill says, uh, getting your name on Newsjack is almost as good as seeing James and Dave read your name out on Facebook Live. <laughs> thank you, Declan she, Hill. Yes, that's right. You should get out more. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I take the point, having listened to more recent episodes, I mean, it, it's really hard because... Trump and Brexit have totally dominate everything mm. uh, in the news at the moment. Uh, you may get a Trump Brexit joke on in some some other form somewhere else mm. when you're writing the gags. So if you've got a new angle on Brexit or, or Trump or whatever, um, then a joke is probably a better mm. idea. But it is very much about looking for the stories. Uh, and again, I think it's in the second blog that I, I, I talk about this finding finding the kind of stories uh, that you will uh, that that will work that aren't the obvious ones that the commissioned writers are going to go yeah. for, um, uh, but have a maybe and not and not 
another mistake people do make is they they take the very funny story, the mm. the, the, the the real gaggy, uh, the the story where the headline is actually the funniest thing about it. Yeah. And I remember when I used to write on news quiz, these were always the worst stories that you had to write jokes for because no, nothing you ever wrote could ever be as funny yeah. as the headline. Um, yes. So, well, the, yes, the person yeah. who actually did the thing. Yeah. 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 So, takes a so look for things. Like, and there's often these things, often um, fairly uh, dry looking surveys are, are sometimes quite good mm. because you'll find a little bit of uh, uh, information. I noticed that with the whole Brexit thing, uh, this is a massive pages and pages of no what no deal scenarios that uh the number of writers who picked up on the fact that we get all our sperm from denmark was uh was vastly uh in greater proportion to the numbers who mentioned that uh uh, well if uh there's nothing if we has to be an irish border uh, we're not sure what to do which is probably slightly a little bit more important but there you go um thank you uh sorry i'm not quite sure how to pronounce your first name j-o-a-o how would you pronounce I don't know. Got, but, uh, Antonio Nesita. Antonio Nesita, thank you very much. Uh, for saying hello. For saying hello. I know you're a, a Patreon subscriber, so please tell me how I should pronounce your first name. Thank you. Um, Paul Lamb says, uh, guys, advice on dialogue. I'm writing an original radio sitcom. Great setups, characters. When I read back the dialogue, it's either unbelievable <laughs> or turgid. <laughs> well, it's great that you're reading back the dialogue yeah. and discovering that because lots of people just type it and hit send. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it is normal to find your dialogue to be uh you know you sort of start to hate it um and that's that's okay it's just sometimes it's just worth thinking of uh just making sure do people actually talk like that Hmm. um and you know read it out read it out is a good start and then keep rewriting it until Mm. you don't hate it yeah um until you're bored of it yeah um I think that's uh, that's a good point. But yeah, re- rewriting and and you know writing and writing and writing and we do we do say this all the time that you know you do have to be writing all the time and and you know when you see like a a, a, a beautiful scene like mm. a, a sketch or something or a two, two minute scene in a sitcom or a play uh, you see you know that the, the, the work that has gone into those char- the mm. characterization. Sally Wainwright is again we talk about comedy drama one of the great writers of dialogue mm. and, and you know the amount of time and work that goes into make those conversations work to sound real and to move the story on and mm. to make you know you're moving the story on you're making jokes and it sounds like the, mm. the way that people talk so yeah you've got to do that dialogue has to do a hell of a lot of work mm. so yeah the other couple of things worth bearing in mind is firstly uh think about the character's uh, in terms of people that you know, who they remind you of, and use their voices in your mind to write their dialogue. Yeah. So I remember one uh, character just thinking, oh, this is like one of my sisters, and I can now write that character because I know how my sister talks, or, mm. or I know how that sister talks. Um, or actually imagine casting it. Who would your dream cast person mm. be for that? And it might be Keely Hawes, or it might be Matthew McFadden, uh, yeah. her husband, um, or it might, be, um, it might be Owen Wilson, it might be... Uh, it might be Keith Chegwin, I don't know. Yeah. Martin um, Freeman is a yes, good voice. But but think about how uh, a big Hollywood star even would say they're, they're not going to do it necessarily. They might, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but do just anything that sort of gets them characters talking. And once you've actually got the voice, it is actually a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So again, it's always starting is the hard bit. Starting is the hard bit, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, another question here from Dave uh, Trisp. Uh, which is a fantastic name. When submitting sitcom scripts, do you think hard copies or emailed is more preferable? I'm finished and about to do a mailing shot. Should I save my money on stamps? Ooh. I don't know. Yes, I mean, my my the more the the question I'm more interested in is who who are you uh, sending them to? Um, as as we've discussed before it's getting harder to get people to to read scripts uh from writers that they uh haven't seen before i mean if you're writing to producers independent Mm. producers maybe or script development people or or agents um uh, production companies right okay uh i don't know i mean i think i mean maybe do both um i mean a lot of them say they don't accept unsolicited scripts anyway which is obviously an issue but um, I would I would send it to uh, a producer by name um, and send it to them. 
I think a physical hard copy just is is harder to throw away than it is yeah, to a, an point. email will be eventually not deleted but it'll end up at the bottom of an inbox mm-hmm. whereas a script is a physical thing that's going to sit there yeah so I think I mean I, I would maybe suggest send the hard copy and then a few weeks later or a couple of months later just say did you get it yeah. here's a PDF mm-hmm. um, email follow-up yeah email follow-up um, or ask them if they would like it as a PDF or, or something. Yeah. But just bear in mind that they've got a ton of other stuff to do and they might already have 400 yeah. scripts uh, to But read. if they do say, and a lot of them now do say, we don't accept unsolicited scripts, um, then they don't, don't they don't accept unsolicited scripts. I don't know. I'd send but maybe if you yeah, maybe if you do send. But if you say yeah, send it to if you, if you send it to a producer by name uh, mm. who actually makes stuff that you like, who yeah. think, um, then I, I would do that. But at the moment, I don't. I'm not aware that there is any official. We don't hear of producers sniggering and laughing at writers who mm. send them scripts physically, um, and neither do we hear them full of contempt for those who only send PDFs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's no, I don't think there's any yeah. any great thing on that. So um, good, good you luck had with a, that, Dave. Yes. Um, so news. We just talked about news, Jack. Uh, BBC Writers Room. Um, it's worth thinking about it now because there is a deadline. Mm. It's miles away. Yeah. But. It will arrive soon. Why don't you say a bit about yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the next, the, the, the other two topics we wanted to talk about were uh, the um, the return of the audience sitcom mm-hmm. part nine hundred and forty three, and comedy drama. Two very different types of script, but actually they're both scripts that will be uh, BBC Writers Room will be looking for in the new year. Um, and that's also we did a, an interview with them earlier this year, and I cannot tell you what number episode that will. Was no, no idea. But it will have been after seventy because it was after News Jet, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, it'll be somewhere somewhere in the seventies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's um, first of all. I'd just like to say that I think you know James and I have been. Uh, banging the drum for the audience sitcom uh often feeling like uh we're the the, the lone uh, voices in this but yeah. uh i do a comedy john the baptist a voice <laughs> in the wilderness yes um i do get a sense that uh we're, uh, us kind of banging on and on about it has sort of almost bullied these commissioners into thinking all right okay yes yes we do want uh audience sitcom um but you're not sending us enough so and we we both we went to this tv festival in uh june in uh, stratford the, mm. the london version which was a thing bbc writers room set up it's been going for years and it's called the uh the the the, the tv drama festival and then suddenly about a month beforehand they decided to call it rename it the bbc comedy and drama festival so there was something going on there that made them think, actually, we should get comedy people here mm. as well. Um, and um, it was very interesting. So there was uh, th- th- there was a lot of love for the audience sitcom, if they, even though they're not necessarily making them. Not really. A lot of the commissioners said, oh, yes, we want audience sitcoms. Not all of them said it. Uh, I think it's fairly clear that ITV won't be making an audience sitcom in the Probably near not. future. Probably not. And I'm guessing that Channel 4 won't make one unless your name is Graham Linehan. Well, that seems um, to be the case up to now, but yeah. it could change. But definitely Shane Allen seems to be saying, and yeah. in fact there was a, a, a pilot uh, was announced this week, a pilot coming out, which name I've forgotten, um, that's an audience sitcom that's being recorded imminently. Great. Um, so this, it's still alive. The idea is... Uh, still alive so yes audience sitcom write write them write Mm. more of them uh that's one of the things that uh will help you uh will help commissioners hopefully um decide well actually we're getting a lot of audience sitcoms now because i think they generally uh i get the impression that they don't get sent a huge number of audience uh sitcoms so um so do do write those, mm. um, but yes, one of the main th- topics that came out of this sort of TV comedy drama festival uh, was uh, the comedy drama. What is comedy drama? Mm. You may well ask, because <laughs> nobody oh. nobody can yeah. give us uh, the answer to that question. James, what would you call? What do you say? Put you on well, the spot interesting. Here. We, we, we sat with there was a, we spent a whole hour thinking about comedy drama at this right comedy and right drama writing yeah. festival, yeah. and nobody knew. And I, I, after an hour, we were none the wiser. Mm. Um, to me, so two great comedy dramas for me 
uh, which are un- undoubtedly comedy and undoubtedly dramas. One by sitcom writer Simon Nye is How mm-hmm. Do You Want Me? Mm-hmm. And two by sitcom writer David Renwick is Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think they are both really good models for comedy dramas. And the reason I think they're so good and why <clears throat> there's a lot of comedy dramas out there at the moment, I think, or at least comedies that I don't find very funny and I don't think they're even trying to be funny, which is confusing me, um, is because I don't really know what the show is. And I think mm. the advice has often been, oh, well, just write whatever you like and mm. you know leave all that to us. Um, I don't think quite works because the the audience need to know mm. what this is. Because I think they think the audience aren't don't really care what format or genre yeah. it is. Mm. And I think to be ignorant of genre um, is, I think, is doing you a disservice. People need to quickly categorise what sort of show is this. Yeah. If they can hear an audience laugh track and it's obviously filmed in the studio, they know immediately it's a sitcom, it's meant to be funny. If I saw something and it looked like a joke, it was a joke, so I can laugh. Yeah. And I've just heard people laughing. Okay, I know what this is. The beauty of um, of Jonathan Creek was it was obviously a murder mystery show, but it also had jokes. Mm. So, you know, it's a murder mystery show written by a sitcom writer. And uh, How Do You Want Me was a homecoming show, wasn't it? It was Charlotte yeah. Coleman coming yeah. back with her new uh, husband, Dylan Moran. Dylan Moran. Yeah. And yeah. all of her family and everyone locally think he's an idiot mm-hmm. and don't like him. And it's a very clear premise um, and so the jokes then kind of get added on top. So nobody's sort of worried about what they're watching. So to me, that would be um, the genre. It's, it's, you know, it's a familiar format with jokes mm. or it's a familiar story idea with jokes that doesn't normally have, uh, norm- doesn't normally have that. But apparently I seem to be in the minority, so I don't really know what the rules are. Well, there were uh, a few, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you some, uh, quotes. Um, Shane Allen, the BBC controller of comedy, he said, uh, there's a blur between comedy and drama. We're diversifying all the time. Uh, make of that what you will uh john montague uh or montague um, at sky quite sure how to pronounce his surname uh, head of comedy at sky uh he was asked what do you think um comedy drama is he said uh, it's whatever you think it is i'm not sure it matters now which to be fair to him is uh, a commissioner's way of saying look if it's funny and it's mm. original i don't care now the problem that uh, i have uh, the problem we both have um is yeah, great comedy drama. We all love comedy drama, as I was just saying earlier. Uh, I loved all those um, show, shows like Steptoe, which mm. were audience sitcoms, were also comedy drama. There's uh, no, yeah. no distinction. But you do uh, what what we talk a lot about in uh, sitcom geeks is comedy uh, is characters. Uh, sitcom characters uh, they don't learn and they mm. don't grow um, and the point about drama is that uh, at the end of the drama somebody has grown uh, mm. you know somebody has uh, the, the catharsis yeah. as uh, aristotle said you know the, the, the person has been through something and they've come out they come out of it a slightly changed mm. person so that that's a fairly kind of fundamental way in which the two, um, the, these two things contradict each other. Whereas if, well, I suppose if we were look at something like Fleabag, say, which is, uh, okay, she doesn't learn as far as I can remember. She's not, uh, it is a drama. It's a drama because her life is a drama. The dramatic things happen mm. to her in that uh, life. Um, whereas to uh, comparison with, say, Chewing Gum, uh, which feels much more sitcom-like. Mm. Uh, she things. Uh, she she is much more kind of. Uh, I suppose she she's a classic sitcom character. Uh, Tracy. She wants what she wants. She wants to lose her virginity. I think that and, uh, uh, and every episode she doesn't get it. Mm. So that's a fairly fairly good uh, sitcom uh, premise. What makes it dramatic i suppose more is that the the, the characters around her are having sort of fairly dramatic lives or or they're they're, they're, Mm. even if they're not they're kind of they feel like they're they're kind of living in some sort of drama so it's a it is a difficult thing to define really isn't it yeah i think it's partly 
pace as well and frequency of jokes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in a way, it it doesn't matter in the sense of as long as every single character and line and scene can justify its place in terms of story and plot and character, then, yeah, it probably doesn't matter. Um, Mm. So nobody wants drama for the sake of it or even comedy for the sake of it. It has Mm. to be... uh, It has to be telling the story. So in a way, it's good that I think all of these commissioners are being very... um, uh, sort of open-minded about format mm. so that's that's yeah. good um i i don't know i just think the audiences so audiences are not really watching a lot of these shows in great numbers and they're still watching mrs brown's boys which is yeah. obviously a comedy mm. in great numbers and they're watching line of duty which is obviously a, a, a drama. drama yeah and they're all and, the watch- and they're bodyguard and they're watching uh they're watching the bake-off Right. Because they, it's a baking competition. Yeah. So I think the moment it becomes the format becomes murky. I think people yeah. people start to be alienated by it. But ah, but Bake Off is it's uh it's uh, it's a, a comedy making show, isn't it? It's, well, uh, it's put com- com- It's always had comedy at the heart. Of it. This is why this this is where we have this problem. The sort of the writer where the writer performer uh, element comes in, and so uh, there, there's uh, any show can be made uh slightly different and better by mm. plonking some funny people in it and so uh that's that's what british bake-off yeah. always was and and still is yeah. uh you know replaced melon so you um replaced by uh sandy topsley and Noel Noel Fielding. Fielding. yeah, yeah. Mm. uh like you do, mm. um, so uh, that's a kind of oh the, the odd that's the odd couple in mm. a baking competition, yeah. isn't it? So uh, and and it's got drama as well. So that that's uh, you know it's 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 it, it, there's a plot every episode, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's uh, who's going to be who's going to win this yeah, episode. Yeah. So so yes, but so, it's a baking competition. The format's very clear. One of them's going to go home. You know that's yeah, like, yeah. okay so, okay. I so I, I think I think mm. the audience need the clearer clues really. Yeah. Um, so that's familiar. So um, let's talk about um, uh, writer perform. We've talked about comedy yeah. drama. There's also writer performer stuff as well in terms of how to get your scripts or what we should be writing. Again, yeah. this writers' room deadline is in April, and it's worth bearing in mind that the writers' room aren't looking for ideas; they're looking for writers. Yeah. They're looking, and if you go back and listen to that podcast, you will discover that they are offering a an apprenticeship almost yeah. or a mentoring process they're not actually offering to make your show because they they yeah. can't do that um so in terms of the script that you choose to write needs to make you look good as a writer um so that you can develop uh, because getting your own show on t- uh, your mm. own comedy on on tv which is writer led rather than writer performer led i think is getting harder yeah yeah and i think that, um that's uh, again a little thing that is changing maybe when in that sense um is if there is a revival of these uh if if more sitcom writers like danny robbins mm. and and i know you you've been writing live shows as well mm. uh if more of us go out there and put fringe theater on that may be the next way back in that maybe the way mm-hmm. in which comedy drama yeah. uh develops and that's certainly the kind of thing that Dan- danny robbins uh mm. is is writing now he had his sitcom uh was um the hey hey we're the monks yeah. which was which is probably the longest gestation period of a yeah, show yeah. from yeah. from radio pilot to tv series of tv um, pilot was it a I think it become a series I, can't I don't remember. think so but um that was sort of maybe yeah. about 10 years I think that took from the line from Bill Bailey to Justin Edwards and many oh, yes. many other names in between yes, for that yeah. so uh yeah so maybe more writers are looking to to fringe uh to, to fringe theatre as a place to develop your ideas you've got nine months now um I think as far as uh, writer-performers are mm. concerned, they generally, um, they, they kind of bring their own drama, I suppose, because mm. the sort of shows that are very successful in Edinburgh and that then get on to being made, they tend to be like a stand-up comedian of of some vintage yeah. does a show that's not just their best yeah. jokes strung together then they they kind of they sort of put a narrative on top of it and some yeah. of the best shows uh that they then become uh developed and those people become uh the writer performers who we see so much of mm. now yeah. um 
shows as mentioned like like uh, Fleabag or well, it wasn't an Edinburgh show but um, so um, I, I think for the this writing competition for uh, BBC as James says because it doesn't it's not a show that's going to be made you can be uh, very contemporary with it for instance so mm. you can you don't have to think about is this an idea that's going to be out of date two years from now which is the thing that we all uh, worry about I mm. think, when we're writing because even if you're a very successful writer and you say I've got a great idea I want to yeah. do this thing um, there's still the possibility that two years down the line that that thing will yeah. have moved on yeah. so if you've got something now that you can do that is uh, that, that, that feels now mm. that you haven't seen done before um, then that's that's something that's worth thinking about i think for your for your script mm. but i think also i mean the that what i would spend a lot of time doing in the next two or three months is not necessarily writing anything at all but mm. really thinking about what do you want to write about what uh, what can i alone write about yeah. what's what can i write about that no one else can write about yeah, yeah. and you start to explore those things i think that's a, mm. that that's I would say is the, the the starting point. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I don't have much to add to that other than if you go and listen to the episode we did with uh, Carrie Quinlan, we end up talking about what sort of writer do you want to be, um, right. and I think uh-huh. that is uh, possibly quite a helpful um, helpful model uh, of way of thinking. So. The writer's room thing is very much about trying to get development for you mm-hmm. as a writer rather than for your idea. Mm-hmm. So I think write the sort of script that plays into who you are, what you want to write about, um, and I think that's I think that's quite important. Yeah, we should uh, do a couple of questions, couple more questions, and then we'll we'll sign off. Yes, we got Henrik uh, Person has uh, asked a question. Uh, which I do think we did answer somewhere else. He said, uh, he talks about cutaway uh, scenes, writing cutaway, funny, standalone scenes in your sitcom, like shows like Family Guy, uh, Modern Family, do Brooklyn mm. Nine-Nine. You see it a lot in American shows. Um, and I think the problem with writing those scenes is that they are, uh, you you do get an instant hit. You get it like somebody says, uh a line and then the the the, the punchline which is yeah. the opposite of that is this little five second long scene yeah um the problem is those standalone scenes there's only one of them and they take like an hour to film and at least uh you know and um if you're on a british schedule rather than an american schedule yeah. um where you have to film like 10 minutes a day or however much yeah. you have to get get done um there's sort of not the time to do that but also i think you want to be um if, if you're doing too much of that uh, yeah and we do so we do see a lot of that in our shows um they um that went in scripts that are sent to us we mm. see a lot of people doing that uh and it's sort of a way of getting out of doing the joke in real time yeah. it's a little bit of a cheat and it's uh you as a writer need to get better at yeah. Yeah. making the joke in real time yeah right? but and also i think you can do it once in a script but i think if you start doing it more and more yeah. then um you know if you start doing it two or three times then somebody reading it will just think it's just a trick um yeah. and it diminishes the truth of the situation which i think mm. is is not going to help you so i think it's right to do it once yeah. Uh, in a script, I wouldn't do it more than once. Um, I certainly wouldn't make a big song and dance about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think you can get away with one, but I wouldn't do lots more than one. Well, yeah. Um, next question is, is from Mike Arbor, uh, another of our Patreons. Um, he said, I've heard from script developers at indie companies that they're after new unexplored worlds. Do you think there is a shift away from traditional settings and a move to different ideas like Zapped, Sick Note, etc.? Uh, the um, the jazz time traveling jazz yeah. musicians is a good example of that, I suppose, and plebs, I suppose, also both ITV two sitcoms uh, that are um, 
But oh, sorry. sorry say, Michelle funny. has just said this <laughs> looming over the computer angle is slightly alarming, <laughs> and I feel like I'm at the dentist. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> funny dentist. Yes. yes. There you go. Um, well, I don't well, know. Simon Godley. If I, yes, indeed. Yes. Comedy, uh, comedy performer who's also dentist. my dentist. Um, oh, is he your dentist? He, oh, yes. Oh, he well, is, okay. yes. Um, so sorry. We'll go. So um, Mike was saying about unexplored yeah. worlds. I mean, th- this is a sort. Of, okay. A commissioner says they're looking for unexplored worlds. Well, of course they are. Yeah. Um, this is just sort of stuff mm. they say because they have to say because people say, "What are you looking for?" Yeah, we're looking for more of the thing that's just been successful. Yeah, and actually, they're not looking for that, and they yeah. know it, but they have to say something. Yeah. It, so it's just they want funny yeah. shows. That's As, all I, they I, want. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to a B, one of those BBC uh, event things, and it was just at the point at which they had had about five years ago. They had had two surprise. Uh, BBC One sitcom hits, which was Miranda and Mrs. Mm. Brown's Boys, that nobody was expecting anything for. And, uh, I mean, Mrs. Brown's Boys was sort of shoved out at 11 o'clock at Monday mm. night or something. Uh, and Miranda was, you know, well, people well, BBC thought. Two, 8.30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so suddenly these two shows uh, were huge successes. And suddenly everyone was saying, right, we want sitcoms with uh, larger-than-life monsters. Mm. That's what we're looking for. Uh, yeah, of course you are. You've just had, yeah. uh, you've just had a mere three hours of telly uh per per sitcom six half hour episodes we want and Mm. the audience can't get enough of it we want more and more and more of that so it is always difficult trying to second guess Mm. that having said that yes it's great to see i think i i I think i'm really enjoying shows like uh the, the the Time traveling uh, show, mm. the plebs, uh, and uh, American shows like the the Good Place. You know they are they they are kind of unusual yeah. worlds, and you can do that with yeah. a, a single all, camera. It's all in the execution as well. Yeah, and these things have their time. So, but you, at the you, heart of them, every one of those shows, you've got a character or characters. They want something, mm. they can't get it. Yeah. That's all. That's 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 the crucial thing. You look at any of those shows. That's yeah. what they're they're all about. Yeah. Um, we've had a uh, hello to uh, Sarah or Sarah, Sarah Joy uh, Harmon in uh, somewhere in the States. I'm not sure where, uh, but hi there. Uh, she says, I wish there was a US equivalent of your writer's room. There's some great opportunities on there for novices to be recognised. Uh, yes, well, we have the BBC, you see. Yes, uh, that's which, right. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, the, I'm, I'm sure. Did PBS sure. not do anything? Uh, this feels like... Probably not. It feels like probably a PBS not. sort of yeah. area, but... Um, yes. Uh, but also, um, bear in mind, you you don't have um, the writer's room, but you do have jobs for writers in a way that yeah. we sort of don't. So every show, every scripted show, has a staff of between 5 and 15 people. Yeah. And there are about 400 scripted shows at the moment. Yeah, you have um, a, you have a, we have like a, a few people sitting in rooms like this. You yeah. have a, what's called an industry. Yeah. <laughs> We have a bunch of yeah. people, and yeah. it is very much an industry. And, and, and you know, and I know that also they have taken on board a lot of uh, British stuff. They like the idea of British, like the single author. But American shows are very much sort of team yeah. written. Meanwhile, we've tried to do the American way. We've tried to get team sitcoms going, and we've had limited success. But we just don't have the money to no. to make it work. To, no, no, to, to, we to do ten in we, order to get one hit. We do, we do have the money. They just don't. They don't want to spend it. Um, yes, there is so, that. Uh, last question is um, uh, from I've, Stella, asked oh, us about yes. what our first writing yeah. job was. This is one to finish on. Sorry, just uh, oh, thanks to Paul, uh, Paul Lamb saying, I'm inspired now. Thanks, chaps. Okay. Great. I, I hope have, the rest of you are as well. We said. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Stella asked us about what our first writing job was. I'm now yeah. struggling to remember. I do remember getting a joke on Rory Bremner. Oh. Uh, they used to accept... Uh, submissions oh yes so um so my, my first one was probably on on weekending which was the news jack of the day which is mm-hmm. why i always recommend it and i have yeah i got some stuff on roy bremner as well at the same sort of time and then i got some sketches on smack the pony um because mm-hmm. my one little bit of luck was knowing uh going to the same church being a christian helps occasionally not often but sometimes <laughs> um uh with sally phillips and um and so we had some ideas together and we put them into some sketches and, and, um, and yeah. Uh, and then I did an Edinburgh show in 99, uh, which did okay. Um, and got me onto a radio four thing, but yeah, so those early things, I think it probably was weekending and I yeah. moved to London in order to write for weekending. Mm-hmm. Um, because in those days, 
you know, we only had fax machines at best. And they actually had a meeting where you fax could go machines? in. Fax machines? Yeah, we there didn't was even enough fax machines. Yes, pre 9 11, you could sort of just walk into the BBC. Yeah. Um, and there were sort of script meetings and stuff. Which, which were... is exactly what I did. I yeah. Mean, I started exactly the same way James did. It was a, uh, I gave up my day job in um, the summer of 1983 and made my way to London in uh, November 1983 um, and um, turned up at these meetings at Weekending that anyone could turn up at and um, came up with some ideas, again, in a slightly similar way mm. uh, to James. I, I was lucky in that I had a... The person that I'd been doing fringe theatre plays with um, previously um, was was now one of the uh, lead writers on Weekending. So um, he kind of helped me Mm. get to know the ropes. And very soon we were writing stuff together as well, as we had uh, done in the past. So, uh, so But it was through doing fringe theatre that it sounds like, oh, well, you already knew someone, but you only knew someone because you've been doing fringe theatre with them. You were actually involved and writing and... And yeah. that's why these things at the start of your career and Edinburgh shows and all that kind of stuff, you don't know where they're going to lead. Mm. So it is worth doing some of these things yeah. um, because the people you'll be doing them with will be needing help in two, three, five, ten, twelve 10, 12 years. Yeah. They'll end up running the BBC at some point. So it's just worth yeah. you know, getting better, trying things because you don't know where they're going to lead. Okay, and that's good, and and now and and of course, and look top, at us now. Yes, yeah. The 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 uh, things that add, of course, that ne- neither of us had, but uh, you you have now much more. Is you can make you can make stuff that looks as good as uh, telly, uh, and mm. you can make it cheaply. Yeah. So uh, although that's a uh, that's another area that we'll be looking at in more detail in the year to come, I think. Yeah. But uh, uh, how much that's changed. But yes, you can make two minute sketches. Yeah. Um, you can use great actors yeah. as well for that. Yeah. So fringe theatre, writing for radio, uh, and and online. Make really. your own stuff. Write yeah, scripts. Yeah. Uh, writers room news jack. All that. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Um, thanks very much. If, yeah. if you're listening, um, do bear do think about joining us on Patreon. There's a whole load of stuff that is about to be dropped for Patreon subscribers, um, including a uh, a whole course on how to write a sitcom from soup to nuts, as the yeah. Americans call it, <laughs> from initial idea to hopefully some kind of execution. Um, and Dave and I are going to write that We are going to sit down and... With a blank sheet of paper. Just improvise, because, you know, you make it all up as you go along. Absolutely, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's going to be available to Patreon subscribers and... Yeah. Uh, it's well worth uh, joining us for that at the moment there's already an interview there with Al Murray and with Stephen Moffat uh, that you can listen to um, which won't be put out as podcast for a little while yet also if you've got a script that you want uh, us to look at the first 10 pages of and we've, we're putting some uh, new um, ones up of that fairly soon yeah uh, and also you get a free copy of my book called Writing That Sitcom and Dave's book uh, How to Be Averagely Successful at How Comedy averagely, and, and Dave's new book Funny, and my new book funny up and yours is my new book is called the sacred art of joking and so that might be made available to certain lucky it's not even out till january yep. and being published properly by grown-ups mm. um so uh, i shall try and make that available to mm. patreon subscribers and there's going to be a big competition coming up soon as well yeah. uh, so we'll keep you posted about that don't forget Friday, uh, I start running the uh, week naught of uh, News Jack. So fr- uh, on my blog, davecohen.org.uk, but I'll probably also put it on the Patreon page. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for all your questions. Thanks, thanks for, for watching. Thanks for watching, those of you who watched all dozen yes. of you. And thank you thank for, you for listening, listening, all thousands of you. <laughs> uh, we're very grateful. And yes. we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.